Hey, I'm Clayton. And I'm Sean, and we're men who like men who like movies. We are two queer men who love movies and we love talking about movies. And after years of people telling us, you guys should probably start a podcast, we started a podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, I am great. It has been a fun day. I got to watch Bodies, Bodies, Bodies again earlier, and I love that movie. And Just let her have her podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I before I even watched it, I went specifically to that scene to watch it again. And <laughs> I went and when I went and saw it in the theaters, I was sitting there next to one of my friends from work, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Because <laughs> we had just started this podcast, right? <laughs> this is so meta. You have to start a Google Calendar, and you had to organize the guests. <laughs> you have to really hard. Um. <laughs> I know off mic we had talked about did we even know what her podcast was and, and she does she says what her podcast is about it's <laughs> spending a day or something with your best oh hanging out with your funniest and smartest friend that was her podcast <laughs> is she the funniest smartest friend um I mean, I personally think so in that movie. Maybe not this maybe not the smartest, but she's definitely the funniest. <laughs> That's great. Actually, that that makes a lot of sense. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the movie we're talking about today. Today we are talking about one of our absolute favorite movies of all time. What is it? Well, this week, we are watching the iconic I Know What You Did Last Summer from 1997, the very movie that got me into horror, and accidentally, just in time for its 25th anniversary next month, I feel so old. I know. That's because um, you are. <laughs> hey, you're not far behind. Yeah, and far enough to always be behind. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, you're right. Well... We're both old men. Well, yeah. <laughs> old What you men. said. <laughs> like, yes. the, you might have started out at five years old with Aliens, but I started out with I Know What You Did Last Summer because, uh. like, I wasn't allowed to watch stuff because I was, you know, very religiously uh, constrained. And for some reason, we were at a hotel, and I had seen advertisements for this on VHS tapes or whatnot, and I thought it looked like such a... Yes, I love it. Every time it starts playing, I get so excited. (laughs) Me too. Um, Weird side note, but did you notice they used the original version of the song in Bad Times, the L'Oreal? I did, Yes. And I was just like, ah, I know what you did last summer. I like that version better. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I was at a hotel for some reason with my parents. And this was playing on HBO or something late that night after they went to sleep. So I stayed up and saw the very end of Blade, I think it was. And then so I know what you did last summer and it was the first horror movie I saw and I realized I loved it. I loved the delicious feeling of being scared. It was so great. And I also, this is a little different, but I want to give a shout out on this episode to my friend Cole, 
he would have been 33 the day before this releases. And he was my first love, the first boy who kissed me, and really made me realize I'm queer. And he was such a great guy and died of an overdose a few years back. And I know for a fact he would have loved this podcast and would be listening right now. So happy birthday, Cole. And what about you? What's your relationship with I Know What You Did Last Summer? So I didn't see I the thing I remember the most before I saw it was the trailer because oh oh, my god I literally have that in my notes like we have to talk about the trailer (laughs) so I a lot like um are a lot like the like trace over at horror queers which is another one of our favorite podcasts if not so good um the he talked about it being on the Anaconda VHS, and I had that Anaconda VHS. <laughs> oh, of course you did. Um, and Which is weird, because I hate snakes. I am... <laughs> I love oh. snakes, so I made one of my cousins rent it from Blockbuster, Oof. and that's how I saw I... Anaconda. No, I don't even know how. I just, I, I ended up, I think I rented it from the library, and I was just like, I love this. And... Uh, that was one of the uh, trailers at the beginning of it, and that starts. It plays that iconic Kulashaka hush, which whenever I hear it, immediately goes into "I know what you did last summer" in my head. Yes, um, <laughs> a toast to us. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't see it until I was probably about eleven. Um, I actually saw this one before I saw Scream. So I also uh, saw this before I saw Scream. And I've always loved it. Um, I think it's such a great slasher movie. Um, I think it, it it's a lot more straightforward than Scream is, which I enjoy about it because that's it, it, Scream is such a great sat it, it's almost a satire a satire of or a satirization of the slasher genre. And is absolutely brilliant in its writing, whereas this one's more of a straightforward kind of uh, 80s slasher, but, you know, set in the 90s. Very nice. Yeah. And it's so chaste. Like, it's such a good intro horror movie. Like, it, it, I love this as a slasher, even as an adult, but for me to see at a young age when I was very, very sheltered, I'm like, this was perfect. This was perfect to get me into this. And, it, yeah. It really... It really is. There's very, there's very little gore, um, almost very little blood too. To be honest, yeah, um, there's not very much blood. There's not very much gore. It's basically R for a tiny little bit of gore, and uh, they say fuck a few times. <laughs> like, it's pretty clean. Of course, to me at that point, I'm like, whoa, I'm watching a grown-up movie. <laughs> yes, even if it's not, and it is a grown-up movie, but it's not based on a grown-up movie. Um, no, I will get into that. That is for yeah, sure. Are we getting in? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But put yeah, in, I... Put a pin in that one. <laughs> I had a... Yes, I definitely had the Anaconda VHS, and I just remember watching it and over and over until I finally got to see it. My library finally got I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I was like, I have to get this one. And... I watched it and I loved it. Like, especially the chase scene 
which we will get into because it is yes. the greatest horror movie chase scene ever. I I can literally think of no other that is as good as this one. No arguments at all. And None. that's that's how I got into it. And then I got it on VHS when they got rid of their VHSs <laughs> over I at have, the library. I have owned this movie on every single format. <laughs> um, I had it on... They had a dual pack in those super slim little DVDs when they did those at FYE. Uh, um, so, so they awful. wouldn't take up so much room. Um, and those I had I, were awful. <laughs> yes, I still have that somewhere, I think. And I've ordered my 4K, which will come tomorrow. <laughs> I got <laughs> mine on Thursday. digital, so I watched it this morning, and it is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Oh, um, I mean, it's I a beautiful movie. I got the without. feeling I did watching it the first time because it was, I mean, I'm such a sucker for Dolby Vision and 4K restorations of movies, especially those shot on film. And it's like, you know, I never got to see this in the theater and I feel like it was a better experience than seeing, I mean, maybe not like the group experience, but visually it was so cool. I got to see Cool Intentions in theaters a couple years back. And it was so fun. Like, I'd never seen anything like that. I was just like, oh, my God, this is one of my favorite movies. And I'm in a theater watching it on the big screen with people. Whoa. Am I back in the 90s? I wish. But Oh, my God, we had a boot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you think we should get into this? Uh, yeah, let's get into this. All right. So a little bit of production facts. Um, the... Directed by Jim Gillespie, who sadly has done little else in his career, and was written by none other than Kevin Williamson, based on the novel by Lois Duncan. Kevin you Williamson, probably know him from the following. Uh, oh yeah, from <laughs> that, <that's>... maybe <laughs> maybe things like Scream, The Faculty, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, Dawson's Creek, Cursed, The Vampire Diaries, etc. Gay icon, amazing screenwriter. Um, this was actually written before Scream, though, and nobody picked it up. And then after Scream, they were like, "Fuck I'm yeah, sure let's ev- take this!" <laughs> oh, I'm sure every single studio was just like, "Slashers are back!" Yes, <laughs> and then and... Kevin Williamson, oh, running high off that, he's gonna write that one forever. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love Kevin Williams and stuff, though. He's got such an ear for dialogue. And the movie is starring Jennifer Love Hewitt as none other than Julie James. She uh, was mainly known at the time. I mean, she'd been working a lot, but for the most part, Party of Five, because they really liked casting Party of Five actors back then. (laughs) Well, that's because Party of Five (laughs) was a huge hit. So those actors were very much like, part of the the Hollywood New Guard kind of thing of the 90s. Well, I wasn't allowed to have TV when we were growing up because it was a sin, so I never saw it. <laughs> oh, Party of Five wasn't my... I've never seen Party of Five. I just remember everyone talking about Party of Five. Yeah, I, I don't even know what it's about, what it is about. And oh, got... so... <laughs> Just a quick rundown of that. I mean, uh, I am kind of curious, so please tell me. <laughs> uh, so there are five siblings whose parents die in a car accident. And that doesn't sound like a party. <laughs> well, they're the five siblings. So the oldest 
one moves back in to take care of his younger siblings. And so it's basically a party of five because he runs a restaurant and there are five of them. Gotcha. Or he's uh, runs. He's part of a restaurant. I don't remember the whole. Like I said, I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of it. It would come on, and I would turn it. <laughs> um, yeah, party of five, and then what was that one with Claire Danes? That was really oh, my so-called life. Like I recognize the covers of seasons or something, but are, <laughs> they're just anyway. But yeah, my so-called life definitely has nothing to do with anyone anyway, the last summer. So. <laughs> no. But whenever we cover a Claire Danes movie, which I'm sure we will, because I really like Curds and stuff. Uh, e. I know. I just <laughs> love her. I just love her cry face. It's so epic. She <laughs> does have a good cry face. She does. It's so... Uh, I love it. I wish I could do it. And next up, we've got Sarah Michelle Gellar coming hot Queen. off of Buffy as Hi. Helen Shivers. Yeah, Buffy Icon. started that year. And... Uh, Yes. And we've got Freddie Prince Jr. as Ray Bronson. I don't even know what he was. Had, no, his, she's all that hadn't even come out yet. So I don't even think he was big at the time. I don't, I don't know. Uh, no, I think this was like his first like real, real starring role. Yeah. And Ryan, I, Phil- Ryan Philippe, I think, was already doing pretty well in Hollywood. And. <laughs> Got the role of Barry Cox, the tiniest quarterback who ever lived. And uh, <laughs> that's the main cast. I'll get to the others as we get to them. And anyway. And here were some interesting production facts I found. A lot of these are on IMDb, so take them with a grain of salt. But... Like I said before, we mentioned that this was written on a book by Lois Duncan that it shares very little similarity to, but she was not happy with this being made into a slasher because her daughter had been murdered and they never caught the murderer in 1989. So she was not happy about her them turning her book into this movie. But it still kind of has the same vibes, just nobody gets killed from what I remember. I read it, of course, after um, I saw the movie because I wanted to get also, every little... <laughs> it's much more of a mystery than this yes. one is. This one is a whodunit in some ways um, yeah. where they are trying to figure it out, but like, there, it feels a little bit more like a mystery in the novel. Also, the person they hit in the novel is a young boy, not a right. grown-ass man. Right. Um, I thought this one was a little funny. Sarah Michelle Gellar was the last person cast, and pretty much everybody already knows this, but let's just throw it out there that her and Jennifer Love Hewitt had auditioned for the separate roles, but got cast as who they ended up being cast as, and probably more for the better. Um, But they cast her because they wanted someone warm, but could still come off as a bit. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that was a Jim Gillespie quote. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes. Sorry, I've read this Wikipedia page. (laughs) Oh, of course, you've read all the films' Wikipedia pages. That's why I always ask you questions. (laughs) Because I have a very deep... I get bored. It's fine, it's fine. We all all need hobbies. Um, uh, Roger Ebert. This was on his most hated list because he hated horror. 
<laughs> for the most part. Uh, he did not hate horror. He did. He hated derivative horror. And this isn't ways, derivative. <laughs> this is flightless. Um, I think now it is a lot less. But keep in mind, this does come in hot, hot, hot off the tails of Scream. Like, I mean, Scream revitalized an entire genre of horror back in the I feel days. like Roger Ebert called movies like this dead teenager movies, and he just hated all of them. No, not necessarily. But... Not, I mean, like, and I don't know everything about Roger Ebert. I used to watch him. So, I mean, like, yeah, I, oh, sometimes I, I would feel like, you know no tv but i have read a lot of his reviews because and I, even if i don't agree i still like seeing his opinion because he is one of the greats yes um, he it, but his biggest thing was i think if you could have dead teenagers in a movie but it couldn't be a derivative like just putting teenagers in peril for nothing like there was like friday the 13th movies are basically just like you have sex or you die like you, there's no rhyme there's no reason there's no story uh and even as much as i love i know what you did last summer if you keep in if you're keeping in mind the time frame it came out this compared to scream which was a witty uh, extremely witty like smart whodunit uh send up of the slasher series uh, of the slasher movies like so, having a straightforward flasher come out, a, I think this uh, was a little bit less than a year after. Um, mm. w- having that come out on the tail yeah, of it is very much like hmm. screen came out at crit in what Christmas of ninety six, and this yep. came out October of ninety seven. So yeah, less than a year. Yeah, so I mean, it, in some ways, I, I guess I could see where a lot of critics would call it. A little bit derivative of Scream because Scream was is still considered a milestone in the horror genre. Um, it's it restarted the genre essentially in Hollywood when it was doing nothing but like crappy back to back direct to video sequels. And yeah, having this come in hot on its heels, it, this I think this it doesn't it doesn't extremely and well at the box office. Because of the Kevin Williamson connection, it was always going to be compared heavily to Scream. Exactly. You shouldn't necessarily compare films because they're very different types of movies. And on the box office, this movie did very well. Thank you very much, which I will get to. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and this actually helped revitalize the splasher genre as well as Scream and show that Scream wasn't just a one-off. Yeah. Thank God for that, though. Yep. Probably because of you know the age we grew up, but those late nineties, early two thousands horror movies, oh, urban I just legend. have such, I just have such a soft spot for them. Uh, my other little thing that was my last production fact. I think I've talked to you off mic about this before, but a few years ago, Jennifer Love Hewitt was having an interview with somebody and revealed that that iconic scene where she's twirls around screaming what are you waiting for was directed by a kid who won a contest to like do his create a moment for the movie and she was not thrilled about it at first and thought it was so dumb and it became 
pretty much the biggest thing it's, in the movie yeah, that everybody remembers. <laughs> I was gonna say it's well, it's right up there with iconic scenes of the movie. Like it's one of the things I think of when I'm thinking of her. <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks of that. You know, I know what you did last summer is that scene of her spinning around. She's like, really? I'm just gonna stand in the street and spin around and say, scream, what are you waiting for? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and I think what she meant was iconic. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty much all I have about the production until I get into the little stuff at the end about what it made and whatnot. So you want to get into the actual movie? And yeah. Let's... Also, let's just, for the record, if you haven't seen I Know What You Did Last Summer, there will be spoilers for this 25-year-old film. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we can just, like, hit the beats. Um, I just... This is a really weird little thing, but when this movie started up, when I watched it for this, it made me so nostalgic for Mandalay Entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Late 90s, early 2000s Mandalay films were so good. I mean, not always, but they were always... Uh, Them and, uh, do you remember Icon Entertainment? Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. That one, and then... I know this is not the same period, but Carol Co. I remember that. Those movies oh, remind me of no my childhood. Oh, uh, that's, that's like that's... Ter- that's like Terminator and Tor- Total Recall and oh. late nineties, early eighties, early nineties action gotcha. films. I was like, I do not remember <laughs> this production company, but I have seen the Terminator enough. You'd think I would remember it. And also, the soundtrack is so nineties, and I love it so much. <laughs> yes. Um. So basically, it just opens up. This guy's sitting on a hillside. It's all very ominous, and you look around. Oh, and but this is not describing it perfectly. Honestly, it is a beautiful opening. Oh, it's, it's kind of one of those. Opening. Um, it's it's a helicopter shot of like, like basically through the beautiful main seaside, and it is a beautiful opening um it, honestly it's one of the most like beautiful openings to any kind of horror film ever in my opinion i think it's just so it beautifully set such a good vibe and mood mm-hmm. and it's very just... dark and blue like the poster oh hold on my cat's jumping over me <laughs> let's see if i can <laughs> He was sitting on me for the past half an hour or so and decided he wanted off. And as we all know, for those of you who have ever met a cat, they do what they want when they want. Anyway, sorry, continue on with this opening shot that is gorgeous. And also, I cannot wait until you get to see this on 4K. I know, I can't wait to see it either. Um, like, but yeah. I, might, I might watch it again, actually. It's, <laughs> it's, it's that good. <laughs> I have to do it for the podcast, I promise. Yeah, I was going to say, even in HDR, this is still really pretty. This is still a beautifully shot movie. Honestly, it's one of the most beautifully shot horror movies I've ever seen. The colors are so beautifully, like, they're saturated, but still somehow vivid. And I don't <laughs> know how they did it. Because, like, the blues H- are... I know you meant HD and not HDR. <laughs> yes, well, the, the HDR is what really makes it punch on the 4K version. 
Whoopsies. Whatever. Oopsie, um, doopsie. Oopsie, doopsies. I fucked it up again. Uh, but yeah, so that's how it opens. And it's just it, the this like late to late 90s like prog rock or like rock light rock theme is going i wasn't allowed to and listen it, to music like this so i don't know exactly what i would categorize i have it no at. idea what to call this genre alternative um, alternative rock i guess alternative I to what uh, <laughs> okay thank you for that whip it um uh God, I haven't seen that in the years. I've actually one. never seen it, but I saw the previews so many times. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It was Drew Barrymore directed it. I know. I need to see okay. it because Drew Barrymore did direct it, and I love her, and I should watch it. <sighs> but I always remember that from the trailer. Alternative to what? <laughs> yeah. Um. But so there's just this epic opening shot. And like like Clayton said, you end up with a guy on the hillside and he has this little metal, like it looks like a piece of a necklace that spins. By hillside, and... he's precariously sitting at the edge of a cliff. Yeah, he's on a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, he looks up and... It also looks like he might be considering suicide. There's a bottle of alcohol. And it also looks like he might have hurt somebody. So there's that little setup of possible danger. And then we get into this town on the 4th of July. And I love how real this town feels. Every time I watch this movie, some movies, you know, it just feels like it's a movie town and it's all sets and actors and everything. I know what you did last summer. The houses look like, you know, just normal houses. The stuff in them is normal stuff. Yeah, the main characters are all impossibly gorgeous and everything. But the town and the people around them feel real and I love it. Oh, yeah. It's a quaint little fishing village. Yes. <laughs> and then we get to go and see the pageant. I know, and... because who wouldn't want to become Croker Queen? <laughs> yes. And it's almost out of all of the, like, <laughs> there was no lie. I paused it on all the women, and no offense to any of them, but there was no way Sarah Michelle Geller was not wearing and not winning this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I... like, she looked gorgeous. She was the only one in a fitted swimsuit. We're good. Like, <laughs> it's so funny, though, because every time I'm just like, the Croker Queen, like, that's almost as bad as Miss Baltimore Crabs. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe they do it because she croaks. Spoiler. Uh, I do think it's kind of funny just because obviously Sarah Michelle Gellar ended up marrying Freddie Prince Jr. And in the movie, he's dating Jennifer Love Hewitt. And we all know the joke from a scary movie. And uh, at this pageant, Freddie Prince Jr. is talking about Sarah Michelle Gellar at this pageant and how she looks in the swimsuit and he's talking about her boobies and he's like I had no idea they were so ample and I'm like Jennifer Love Hewitt's right next to you you're dating her you've assumedly had sex right like 
No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> well, they um, they do later that night. That's for sure. Oh yeah, well, yeah, but he says he says, sure? "Are you sure?" Yeah, you're yeah. Right, so you're right, you're right. she and that's one of the that's one of the things I really love about it is because Julie loses her innocence in more than one way tonight. Yes, yes, she will lose her innocence in more than one way, and I also love when Sarah Michelle Gellar wins. She's like, "Through art, I will serve my country." And, I wrote that down. And Sarah Michelle Gellar, thank you. You have. <laughs> And Sean, like, if you won the Croker Queen title, would you tell people that? A hundred and fifty percent. It would be the first thing I would mention when I would be at an audition in New York. I was Miss Croker Queen 1997. Thank you very much. Uh, 90s. So technically, this would have been 96. Oh, it would have been 96 because it's still in the one, you know. It's still in the last summer part. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I miss the 90s. And uh, so naturally, Helen wins. And they're outside of a local bar. And who shows up to offer Julie a shooter? But Johnny Galecki. (laughs) (laughs) As if you needed any more hints, this was in the 90s. Yes. And pre the Big Bang Theory. Yes, before he was a household name. And I am so curious. You know how he offers her this shooter because he's got a crush on her. And she's like, uh, I just can't get past the slime. Sorry. What kind of shooter has slime? Um, <laughs> I took it as like a jello topper or something like that. I don't know. She just. I don't know, but it just. Honestly, so I. I. Jennifer. I was going to say, Julia's kind of prissy in the beginning of this. Um, yeah. like you could tell she's like she's the smart girl. Like she's smart, she's pretty, she has everything going for her. She's oh, rich, she is. like like she's kind of the <laughs> Your parents are upper middle class. <laughs> Sorry. Bodies, bodies, bodies just keeps jumping in. <laughs> yes. I was gonna say, um, maybe we'll cover that soon. Um Not but soon, yeah. But... Yes, I do want to cover it. <laughs> well, I mean, well, eventually. Um, Even though Julie doesn't want to take the shooter, Ryan Philippe does not mind it and comes up and says the iconic trailer line, a toast to us. And as soon as he says it, I'm just like, ah, this is such a good trailer. <laughs> and then the quick cut. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's when uh, he, but after he takes the shooter, uh, he pushes Max out of the way and almost causes a fight. Max is Johnny Galecki's character's name. Yes, and Johnny Galecki's Max. Just, it's just some nonsense drama before they head off to Dawson's Beach. <laughs> well, it's not only just that, but it's also it's the show that buries a dick. He is not a cool. Yes. He's not a nice guy. Like that man plays hot douche so well. It is ingrained yeah, in him. Yeah, he does it. He does. <laughs> Especially late nineties hot frat boy douche. Yeah, I'm not mad at him. Like <laughs> no. Uh. Anyway, I also love that in this, him and Sarah Michelle Gellar are dating, and then 
a couple years later, they would play stepbrother and sister in an entirely different dynamic and be smoldering. I love it. Love and it. And another one of our favorites. Yeah. Mm. Really is. And uh, so they get onto Dawson's beach. <laughs> I think this is when did Dawson's Creek start? I, I think it was later than this. It oh, was it 90, was 98 or 99. No, but... it might have been 97. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna look it up right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, I'll it's... just talk. Well, <laughs> but they uh, head down to Dawson's Beach and sit by this really cool boat and have a little fire and start trading scary stories as one does and uh, have a conversation about urban legends and they're telling the story of the hook man eventually and uh, ray drops the line somewhere in here actually julie and you know how frightened i am of your iq (laughs) and explains that it's an urban legend and She's like, whatever, they're all folk tales designed to keep young women from the dangers of premarital sex, and the hook is just a phallic symbol. Uh, did you find out, when did Dawson's Creek start? Uh, 98. But he would have already wrote the script for it. He was trying to sort of shop it. Yeah, clearly. So, yeah. I just think it's funny, because... I think you know, it's... I, I think that's brilliant. I love it when I writers think, put little, like... I just think little... it's neat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marsha. Um, yes. I also, yeah, I really love the fact that they bring up the hook man because it kind of makes this movie its own urban legend. Yeah, and then, you know, we've also got urban legend coming out a little also, bit Also, do you which... think, well, urban legend comes out, like, almost a year after, like, it, I think it yeah. comes out in, like, June of the next year. Do you think they yes. totally were all, like, urban legends? That's such a great well, Have you ever noticed? <laughs> I don't think so. Like, I don't think movies really are made that fast. Although, they did turn around and make the sequel to this really fucking fast. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, <laughs> but at this point, it is huge. And so, like, I... also, Scream 2, very fast. They just were turning them out. In the 90s, was it was a lawless time. It was great. <laughs> well, I, I mean, they can make really... these for like four dollars and a piece of gum. You can and get huge returns. Like the thing that costs the most money is generally the people in them, <laughs> at least in these ones. Yeah, I mean, this budget was a pretty decent sized budget for back then. I didn't do a comparison to what it would cost today, but it's a pretty decent budget. Uh, <laughs> I also love when, because they're going around the fire and they keep changing, like, no, the way I heard it. And uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, the way she looks around and she's like, no, she's a card and you hear drip, drip, drip. (laughs) I just, I love her. I love her so much. (laughs) Uh, And uh, then they go off to have the premarital sex, you know, so they could potentially be punished because this is a slasher. We love premarital sex. Yeah, and I was cracking up. I crack up at this every single time uh, when Julie's, you know, because they're all talking about their futures because they are just graduated, and Julie thinking she'll lose Ray to like some. Uh, how did she even describe her? It was so funny. It was like <laughs> ball or head shaved, black wearing, uh, heavily. Uh, 
pierced like philosophy philosophy student, student. <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was like, just like oh so a beatnik so ray, ray like, apparently has a weird type <laughs> oh i was thinking i mean hey that type is perfectly fine but i was just cracking up because i'm like man he should be worried about helen because that's who he's gonna be married to <laughs> <laughs> and uh again i just really love the look of this movie when they're oh, on it's beautiful so uh, they finish up like you know really finish up mm-hmm. and well uh, and like i said <laughs> that i i really believe this is when so julie loses her virginity because yeah he uh, does when he she does say, takes off, are you sure when she takes and... off her little light jacket <laughs> <laughs> that's a slip or like that's a that's a shirt <laughs> like it's just a over shirt um uh, the 90s so, <laughs> yep and she loses her virginity and loses her innocence and will lose more of it very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, I love those what would you do movies. They are driving home and a series of unfortunate events happens. And Sean, why don't you run us through those quickly? And uh, um. So Barry is sloshed. Um, so Helen gives the keys to Barry, and he's driving. Gives... I'm sorry. She gives the keys to Ray, not Barry, because Barry's sloshed. Oh yeah, sorry. Thank you. Uh, he gives. So she gives the keys to Ray, um, and Ray is driving, and Barry is being a drunk jerk. And he ends up opening the uh, the the sunroof or moonroof, moon sunroof, sunroof are the ones that open. <laughs> moonroofs are the ones that don't open. Uh, sunroof and sticking his head out with and holding the bottle of alcohol, and he's just like acting like a crazy fool, like a young kid. And he ends the up dropping the the music's all turned up and all pumping and yep and so he drop and then Barry ends up dropping the liquor bottle onto Ray and it all distracts Ray. Ray so he's distracted and covered in alcohol now mm-hmm. and then Barry yells look out and Ray looks oh, up oh my god we enough- hit a boot <laughs> yeah <laughs> looks up long enough to see that they hit a person and it roll the person rolls right over Barry and covers him in a little bit of blood and a very little bit out. <laughs> yeah a little bit of blood and then spin they spin out of control and stop and get out to assess the situation <laughs> and the situation is not good but these girls have very good screamers which is very important in a horror movie Oh, <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt, and both of them have iconic screams. Yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt does have screamers. a great scream. Yes, and such good bone structure. <laughs> and you know they have indeed hit a body, and they're like, "Oh my god, he's dead!" And okay, another wait. one of those. Also, this whole movie could have been avoided if like Ray knew anything about people who were dead. <laughs> Like yes. you could if you like hold your finger under their nose and they're not breathing, they're dead. Then chances are they're dead. Like 
uh, he does nothing. He just kind of looks at him and he's like, I think he's dead. Like, yeah. I bro, mean, take his pulse. <laughs> like, <laughs> do they're something. Te- they're teenagers. It's like, I mean, if they did anything correctly, we wouldn't have a movie. I mean... That is true. Well, I mean, also, Helen does everything correctly, except for the end of it. But, I mean, that's 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 uh, also real life. Um, well, I mean, is, does she do everything correctly? Because she's the one who pushes his ass into the water in a few minutes. Uh, no, actually, she doesn't. Um, she's going to, and then... Well, that's neither here nor there. Uh, we'll get to that. And so they go and they... They think it was a deer at first, and then Julie looks around and finds a boot, and <laughs> is oh my god, we got a boot! <laughs> um, and so we, they're looking around trying to see, and they see there's a body, and they hit him. They hit a man, a man, uh, a man. They, yeah, so they hit a man. Um, and Ray does the worst job of checking if he's alive or not. And he says, I think he's dead. And they, oh my god, he's really dead. Yeah, sorry, well, back nice. Yeah, um, and uh, they basically go through the gamut of what people do in these situations in movies. We should call the police. No, our lives will be ruined. Let's like cover it up instead. And yes. Julie, moral quandary. Yes, the classic moral quandary. And Jennifer Love Hewitt's character is pretty much the only one that's like, uh, we, we really just need police. to call the police. And and plus, well, they're all rich, except technically, for... Helen was on her side for a second. Like she was like, for the, the police will believe us. Like, and they're like, no, they won't. And then she changes. But for a second there, she was like, we should tell the police. They'll totally believe us. Yes, for a and second, they, she had a backbone. And <laughs> they don't. Well, And so they're like... It is, uh... a, it is a... Mor- it's a moral quandary for a reason. Like, it's... Yeah, I... You're 18 years old, and you have your whole life ahead of you, and you're gonna have it all ruined for one stupid second. Like, yeah, it's it's a scary thought. I know. I seriously, I love movies like that because, you know, everybody always says they take the high road and you know call the police and do it. And this was like before cell phones too. Uh, well, maybe not before like any sort of mobile devices, but they weren't. Yeah, I was gonna say Julie yeah. is using a cell phone at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. a giant brick, but a it giant is a cell, cell phone. phone. <laughs> they didn't have one at the time, and. I would like to think I would do the right thing, but in the moment, if I was them, I don't know that I wouldn't have gone along with them. I mean, nobody knows until you're in that situation, and hopefully we don't get into those situations. But they decide, let's get rid of him and just pretend it never happened. And while they're discussing this, none but Johnny Galecki's Max shows back up to drive by, and they're like, okay, let's hide the body and just distract him. Julie, he likes you. And so he shows up to be a witness to their crime, potentially, and a future red herring. And uh, I love when he, when Freddie Bridge Jr. comes up to him, he's like, can I help you? And he's like, you could wipe that 
<laughs> Shitty Shitty grin on her face. And he's like, Freddie Prince. Will do, like, Max. Okay. Will do, Max. Have a nice day. You <laughs> <laughs> almost have that rich boy act down there, right? I know. It's so, <laughs> it's just funny. And they're just like, okay, leave. And uh, I just love how barely R rated this is. It's just not. <laughs> <laughs> bye yeah um but yeah then they Max take, does leave and they take our unidentified dead body dead in air quotes down to the docks to dump him in and uh, they have him down there and they're like wait because you know this is a really big decision and uh, nobody wants to push him in and finally sarah michelle geller is like oh i'll do it and pushes him in and he grabs her crown he was still alive and, and now she's just like my crown <laughs> and now he has evidence leaking them to the crime so now barry has to jump in after them or and after him for anybody who's seen the quarry or seen the quarry played the quarry the fisherman in this water just looks like the guy you find in the lake if you go in the lake and swim in the quarry as one of your choices and <laughs> it makes me laugh and he's just there floating ominously with his eyes staring <laughs> that's great well no 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 he doesn't oh, his eyes have are eyes staring he, yeah he, his he eyes are closed eyes. when he pulls the crown out of his hand uh, he opens his eyes and scares Barry into freaking out and having to surface quickly Yes, and getting a lot and... of fish poop in his mouth, probably. Ugh, water's fish are gross. And then they make a pact that they will never speak of this again under any circumstance. It is a future therapy bill, which also, if you talk about things like that in therapy, I think you can still get in trouble. But I also like to make things a future therapy bill. <laughs> <laughs> so I get this sentiment. And... Uh, he kind of chokes Julie a little bit and she's like, I agree. And then it's one year later making those events last summer. And we know now, we now know what they did along with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it. <laughs> the what tid- a great way to bring that up, Clayton. Thank you for explaining. <laughs> that someone knows what they did last summer. Yes, you are a brilliant, brilliant person. <laughs> yes, the titular, the titular I. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yes, we do go to a year later, and Julie is rough. <laughs> um, she, well, like Hollywood rough. <laughs> yeah, like she's not tan. She's she, I won't lie, she does look a little sallow. She does not look like human, and uh, well, not not human, but she doesn't look like. <laughs> She doesn't look like how she looked the summer before. She doesn't look like Jennifer Love Hewitt normally looks. Um, which she went for like she's pale and a little bit like standoffish. Which I mean, she already was standoffish. Uh, one of my notes was like, "Why is Julie so caustic?" Um, she's like, just 
I don't know. I think she's just maybe the quiet one. She reminds me a little bit of you, actually, where she's just like, sometimes she'll say things that are a little bit mean, but she means them as funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do that. I don't remember Julie doing that, really, but... Well, she's like, can we say... When they're in the car, she's like, can we say alcoholic? And, like, stares at Barry, and I'm like... Well, like he's eighteen years old. Like let him have, let him, let him have the alcohol. Eighteen-year-olds can can be alcoholics, and which is true. But like they're just having fun. Like he's not doing anything crazy yet. Like true. He like bumps Helen's crown, and she's just like, "Can you say alcoholic?" And I'm like, "Good God, Julian!" Like I feel like she just doesn't have a friend's boyfriend because like. I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, I do love yeah. uh, the melancholy score. It's probably called like Julie's theme or something. Yeah. Oh, I think it's God. really, it's so pretty. <laughs> you know, it's true though. It probably is uh, called Julie's theme. No, it just made me think of Sydney's theme and it's the. <laughs> Sorry. Cream <laughs> reference again. Beautiful. <laughs> 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 oh, you get it. You knew exactly yeah, I do. what we're talking yes. about. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But I do really love the score and especially the what plays when she's going home from college and also that hat is dreadful. <laughs> oh, the uh, hat is awful. Yeah. Um also I really like this friend, Deb. Like she just seems so cool. Like you're you're going home and you're gonna get a tan like on your pasty ass skin and I was just like yeah Yeah, you're fun I like you (laughs) yeah for like the three seconds of screen time she gets yeah (laughs) and our one person of color of the movie (laughs) yes (sighs) but yes yes, I was trying to think I'm like is she the only one yes Yes. She, she's the only person of color in the movie. I was trying to think. I was like, um, maybe one of the got, pops, She got to but... live. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she got to live. Um, but yeah, the Julie comes home and her mother hugs her, and then she is not eating very much at dinner. And her mom asks you asks her, "Are you on drugs?" And she's like, what? "And Julie's I like, mean... what?" <laughs> Seriously, though, if I was not eating my Snapper, somebody would think I was on drugs, too, because a Snapper is amazing, and you don't waste it. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, what was the yeah. other one? She, she was like, I wanted something else. I can't remember what it was. I, I feel like she, it was like Mudfish. Was it mackerel? No, it was like Monkfish. It was Monkfish, yeah. <laughs> I wanted Monkfish, but it's been a bad season. I was just like, <laughs> okay, what a weird thing to say. Yeah. That's such I a mean, mom it's a fishing, to fishing town. I mean, I would a million right. times rather have Snapper any day. Some black and red Snapper is one of my favorite things in the entire world. And then we get another iconic shot because, oh, this came for you in the mail today. And Julie opens it, and it's just a note that says, the title. Hi. I know what you did last summer. You know how much fun it would be to be in a horror movie? Like, uh, it'd be so much fun. It just looked so fun when she's like sitting up in her room all night and just like looking around scared. And, oh, there's like nothing happening and just the tree rustling outside. <laughs> yes. And she's just flipping out because she knows things are bad. 
Um, uh, and somebody so knows he murdered day, someone. Uh. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, she automatically was just like, somebody sent me this. And I'm like, you know, at least three other people know what happened that night. Like, why wouldn't you ask them? Would that be your first thought that one of them? Yeah. Because that would be more like, I know what we did last. <laughs> no, I would. Uh, I'll be honest with you. This is probably my crazy, but I would definitely, if I had a secret like that, I would test them. I'd test people. Ooh. Yeah, I would do that to make sure if they say anything, like, sorry, you're next. You're off the list. <laughs> like, um, that but is that is also that my is, crazy. That is very <laughs> twisted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, like, if if this is such a huge secret that it is going to destroy my life, I am not like Leaving that up to three other teenagers. I'm not leaving that up to three other people. Like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't trust anybody enough for that. So you would just kill the, you would just kill them all off. You. Oh no 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 no! I would test them, and if they are untrustworthy, then I would, like, okay. (laughs) If that's enough to get them to me, like, I would not. No, I wouldn't kill them off. I just, like I said, I would. I might. I probably might. I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the first sense. thing she does the next day is she goes and talks to Helen. Yes, which she's but she automatically thinks it's someone else. She doesn't know it's them. Which True. I get it. Somebody says, "I know what you did last summer." Somebody, you're probably going to think somebody knows that what you did did last, last summer. summer. <laughs> and we see Bridget Wilson. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, who we actually did see her before because oh, she, yeah, asked, yeah, yeah. she asked she asked uh, Helen if she wanted that. a ride, and she was like, "Oh, is the Croker Queen getting a spa paid tonight?" Oh, that's what the wet. <laughs> yes, and uh, their relationship. Like, I know there's like siblings that hate each other, but my God, does like Elsa hate Helen? Dude, like, Elsa is such a cunt in this movie. And it's just like, why? Why do you hate her? Like, she seems old enough. Well, hold on. They were class of... So she was Elsa, class of 92. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they would have class, class of 96. 92. So, like... So she's four years younger. Her? Yeah, she's Well, like, she's four years younger, but she's also the pretty one. Like... Uh, Elsa's wearing glasses, so you know she's the Rachel Lee Cook. Like she's <laughs> the pretty one, the more responsible one, the one who's probably even always has to be the good one. While Helen's the baby and gets away with everything and does whatever she wants, she's the pretty one. She's the drama, the the queen. And the she's the one queen. that she's the one that had to take over the store, and you know, everybody knows mm-hmm. the first the first. And the dad's the a that... drunk. Oh, so now um, you can call someone a drunk at a certain age. Just that it... <laughs> he well, is such I mean, a drunk, though. He doesn't even hear when his kid comes in or a big killer goes walking right past. Like, how yep. do you not notice that? The game can't be but, that good. But that's a... That, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Elsa, I think, resents Helen just for being Helen, to be honest with you. Um, I'm like, at but, this point, you're like 22. You've got your own store. Like you're gonna be resentful of your little yeah, sister but you're also did... you're but... also stuck in that store. Like you're keeping the family business alive, so your dad can keep drinking. Like 
That's fair. All right. Like, you don't but... really... Get, she's not getting to go to New York to chase her dreams. She's stuck at home. True. Like, you think she would have... Her. And she's so satisfied about it not working out for Helen. So mm-hmm. she's... Exactly. She's because still... she's so... And, and this is my own read. I don't know if this is the actual one. But, like, she's so bitter because in at first because helen is getting to live her dreams and then she's so smug and satisfied because those dreams don't work out because she can't ch- chase her own so why should helen i'm just do it? really excited for when you get your actual disc copy and get to watch deleted scenes because i have no idea what's in there because they're like new deleted scenes they haven't been on any of the other releases so i know i'm so excited i really wish we could have watched it before unless this, but... the de- unless <laughs> the deleted scenes reveal something else i am sticking with elsa's just a cunt <laughs> and i also love that awful wig that they make sarah michelle wear like half that movie because <laughs> she had because she has her short buffy hair but because i don't even think it's later, awful i there I are not... a couple shots of it where like it does not even match the rest of her hair and like yeah i really notice <laughs> it in that scene because it's like she's wearing that headband and I'm like, well, that's where it's holding the wig on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but so basically Julie goes into the Shivers department store um, to find to ask for Helen's New York number. I love and... that her name is Helen Shivers. <laughs> that's such uh, a good it's name. It's such <laughs> an amazing name. It's iconic. Um and I, actually, I don't think it was Shivers in the original, but like it works so much better. I don't uh, remember. It's been so long. I mean, that is. A, I think it was it, like it, it's like a children's. Book. I think it was it's, Shaver or something like that. Helen Shavers or something like that. It doesn't matter. Um, but so she, Elsa's just like, oh, Helen doesn't have a New York number. If you She's need to get there. a hold of her, I would suggest women's fragrances. Ten feet Ooh, to your left. Cut to Sarah Michelle Gellar, like, <laughs> dropping perfumes. Dropping, like, four different perfumes. And I'm just like, oh, no, she's sad. <laughs> it's it's so tragic. And, and Julie's like, oh, someone sent this to me. And so uh, they go outside. And I love, love, oh, because they go to see uh, Barry. And ask him. And I love that Sarah Michelle Geller, and I didn't remember this, and I think it only stuck out to me now because, like, you do not see it in movies anymore. That Sarah Michelle Geller is a smoker in this movie, and you just see her casually mm-hmm. smoking. And now yep. it'd be like rated R for smoking, or the studio just wouldn't let them do it at all unless, like, oh, it's a period film. Like, they would not let a teenager in a movie be a smoker. <laughs> it's so, it's Aww, so casual. This makes this movie a period movie. <laughs> Oh my god, no, like if uh like Ladybird, they were talking about like finding all the stuff and everything and how like the nineties is literally it made me realize the nineties are period films. Now it's just like, oh great. I'm just gonna go take a long depression nap. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go eat my feelings. Um <laughs> a big tub yes. of, a, a tub of Nutella does sound quite nice right now. I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> But um, Julie Just shows... eating an entire tub of Nutella with a spoon is not healthy, but it does feel very good, and I might do that from time to time. Say, and maybe can, not an entire do. tub. <laughs> and we get to the other iconic trailer moment, and uh, when they show uh, Ryan Philippe the note, he's like, "I know what you did last summer." Ooh, 
<laughs> yeah, well, you're going too fast. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, Helen's like, have you showed this to Barry? And so she takes him. So they go and see Barry, and Barry, they do have that iconic, I know what you did last summer, ooh, what a crock of shit, which I didn't have written down. Um, and he's just like, somebody's fucking with us, it's nothing. Um, like, it, it, it could be anything. And he's super rude and being a jerk, and he's like, you guys should check in, speaking of, you guys should check in the mirror, because you both look like shit. And uh, <laughs> SMG is just like, <laughs> you're a prick and it just shows that Barry's a total total jerk and <laughs> if you didn't it's just get that Ryan, vibe off yeah. of him already I was gonna say Ryan Phillippe just plays hot douche so well um, did you notice what Julie's wearing uh, the overall she looks like Pearl <laughs> yeah just a little bit um <laughs> So we're apparently this is week two of overalls. Um, yes. Having one of our lead actresses in oh, no, a pair of overalls. Um and so they go and they're they remember that Max was driving by that night, so they think Max is the one doing it. And basically he Ryan Phillippe goes in and threatens Max and kind of beats him up a little bit and they see no other than Ray. He doesn't really beat him up. He just slams him up against some ice. He also cuts him with the hook a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, <laughs> I call that beating up. Um, <laughs> and they see Ray, and Ray is a fisherman now, which, surprise, surprise, um, he, honestly, he, Ray is a moron anyway. Um, Good old Ray. (laughs) Yeah. And so Ray is very much like, Julie, can we talk? And Barry's just like, have a nice life, guys. And Helen's just like, "Um, I got to go to work. (laughs) And goes back to work. Ray tries to talk to Julie. I got to go back to my store. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And Ray is like, trying to talk to Julie, and Julie, who, I, this was something I I do like about Julie, um, is Ray's like, I know you blame me, and she's very much like, no, I've never blamed you, she's like, she recognizes her own complicity, I make my own choices. I love this line. But I don't want to know you, but I don't want to know you. And I was like, that is important, because it shows that, like, Julie Julie is a smart woman. She really is. And she recognizes that if she really wanted to, she could have gone to the police. Like, Yeah, she's like, we all made bad choices. I don't blame you. I made my own choice that night. But I don't want to know you either. And then she dramatically runs away. <laughs> yep, because she doesn't want to know him. And mm-hmm. he's looking after her like a puppy like he does the rest of the movie um, i know it's easy to see why sarah michelle fell in love with him like look at those eyes i know he probably just fawns over her. they're so adorable and i, love I know they're my favorite hollywood couple and uh yeah if they ever divorce i swear to god don't even put that into the universe right now so <laughs> Why would you? Why would they you just have their 20th it? anniversary? They're not. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Especially because they won Howard. 
Yeah, I was going to say, she wanted Howard Stern to apologize. <laughs> yep, because he thought it wasn't going to last. Um, but yeah, so uh, basically, Julie runs away, and we see Max is just doing the fisherman thing, getting stuff together, and steaming crabs steaming crabs and he puts the hook on a ice block honestly that hook is such a great weapon and such a great weapon his job looks horrible he burns himself you know you know everything smells nasty (laughs) yep and he ends up it's a really really tense scene and it's so atmospheric because all that steam is just like yeah blocking out the room and then you and see that the hook is just, gone. Yep. And then you see a shadow move, and Max sees it too. And he's just looking around, doesn't see anything, looks back down. And then the fisherman steps forward, who is wearing a, a slicker and a rain hat. And Max hooks looks him, up, sees him, and then he hooks gets him right under the, the chin. chin. Uh, and probably such... the goriest scene of the movie, to be honest. Uh, uh, it is the glorious gets, death, I think. And gets pulled over, or like shows him bleeding a little bit, and the, or bleeding, and then pulls him over the table. And, and just always I like, know, oh, he's getting burned as he's getting pulled over, and that's horrible. And he's also getting blood in all these crabs, and like, ugh. And, uh, well, and one thing, like, I know that Max's death is more of studio interference than, like, well, yeah, because in the original. Like nothing happens. Yeah, in for the a original, time. they needed a death. But I've always wondered, like, and I know it's this is a movie and not real, but like, why does Max have to die? Like, it's like I I just don't understand the killer's reasoning for that one. And I know it's studio interference more than like storytelling, but I just I I don't know why Max dies. It's one of the things that's always bothered me about this movie um, is because, like, Max didn't do anything wrong. He just drove by. He didn't know what was going on. Like, Well, also, why does he kill, you know, his victim a couple victims later? They had nothing to do with it. Even less to do with it than Max. They weren't even there that night. Oh, the ones in the next movie? No. Uh, like, a couple kills from now. <laughs> Oh, are you talking about a <laughs> policeman? No. Oh, sorry. Three kills from now. <laughs> I don't. Well, the police. Like, well, um, not and... the policeman. Uh, like oh. he's not only killing people that were involved, but I don't know. I'm glad we got the kill. It's a '90s yeah. slasher. Like I'm not. It does, that. and it. I'm not thinking that hard into it, but it's. Just, I know, it but it's just one of those. For a slasher, if they hadn't killed Max, it would have been a really, really long time before like anything happens death wise. Yeah, that is true. It doesn't set up the stakes well. I just I don't understand the killer. If Max wasn't dead, we wouldn't get that iconic scene later. (laughs) That is true. You are correct. Maybe he's just he's just angry at everyone. Um, But yeah, (laughs) so Max is dead. I do love that death scene though, and then we get. Hush, hush. Thought I heard you call my name now. <laughs> yes. So next up is the scene where Barry drives to his gym and 
he beats the crap out of a kickboxing thing and whatever yes. the hell he's doing. He does a wonderful little high kick and he's all sweaty and gorgeous and looks so nice on 4K. And, and the biggest... that was a sexual awakening. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> the biggest crime. I mean, this place looks like a bathhouse. I mean, I've never been to a bathhouse, but this is what I would imagine it being. <laughs> Ryan Philippe, you know. But the biggest crime that this movie commits is that Ryan Philippe does not show his ass in that shower scene. I mean, no, I know we but get, we do get it. We a do get years it a couple later. years later with cruel intentions, and I'm very thankful for that. But like, why? Why couldn't they? With <laughs> the outfits, no they, nudity in this. With the outfits, they have these girls in this whole movie. They couldn't give it us a little band butt, like it's wrong. Oh come on! Not I mean, it's more Sarah Michelle Gellar's than Jennifer Love Hewitt's. She she's a little bit more uh, a little bit more covered up for the movie. I don't know her legs. I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar's legs were like a highlight of the '90s before Angelina Jolie's leg made its appearance at the Oscars that one year. But she is always wearing, like, her outfits are very, like, all legs. And Jennifer Love Hewitt is, like, let's just show everyone my boobs because I just turned 18 years old and I refuse to do it. Well, it's not so much. I read read a thing about it because she turned 18 right before they started filming and they asked her to do a nude shower scene. And she said no. So instead, they put her in tiny, tiny tank tops. Well, they do for the later half of the movie. Like, and that's one of the things I like. Uh, you watch in this movie is like, uh, and I I remember reading something about it from Jennifer Love Hewitt, where she talks about how as the movie progresses, Julie becomes more alive. Like she starts to get more color in her. Her hair looks a little bit more vibrant. She starts to wear lower cut tops. Because at first, she's very much covered up. She's in the overalls and the tank top. She's in the long the sweater with the long skirt. Oh, that sweater looks so comfy, and that skirt is so 90s and atrocious. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Uh, um, it's but like, like she's trying to be Alanis Morissette. I mean, I love Alanis Morissette, but like that look and that style is just so... Whew. Original Alanis. Um but yeah, so after after Barry gets done working out and walks and we hear like just sounds like somebody's in there and he keeps asking hello, trying to see if anybody's in there. He walks out to his locker and sees there's a picture and it says, I know, and it's a picture of his car. And he looks around, doesn't see anybody, realizes Letterman Jacket is missing. Ask the night the man at the front desk who else is working out. And it's, he's like, "There's only the two of us," and he goes outside, and somebody is stealing his car, <laughs> and, and he just they like, are... runs after it like it's a car. Do you really need to catch it? What are you gonna do? He has anger issues. He's gonna beat the crap out of whoever it is. I know, but he can't... it's not like he's think... did he think he was gonna catch the car? <laughs> yeah, he's gonna. Tra- he was trying. He's he, got he anger was. issues. He totally would. <laughs> he was going pretty fast. Yeah, he ran. He knew what he was doing. Um, but he ends up uh, being... Don't take my beamer! <laughs> he ends up being chased down and driven through a wall and put so in the painful. hospital. It does. Oh, he gets thrown through the wall and then the driver gets out and you see it's the man in the slicker and he stands over him 
and just pulls out the hook ominously, but doesn't do anything else to him. No, he just sits there. He just, uh, and Barry begs and tries to apologize, and then it cuts to black, and the next day we're at the hospital, and Julie walks in, and uh, they, Julie, Ray, and Helen are in uh, Barry's hospital room, and he's like, I didn't see his face, he was wearing a rain slicker, um, and Ray says one of my favorite lines, and he's like, well, that uh, narrows it down, this being a quaint little fishing village and all. Yeah, and I <laughs> love like, that, even though this just happened to Ryan Philippe, he's still like, no, we're not doing shit. Nope, and Julie is still very much on the, uh, we should go to the police brigade, and Barry is not, and he ends up, they decide to go see um, they had Julie had discovered that the man that they think they hit is or they think that the man they hit is David Egan so they go out to see his sister and mom and we get one of my favorite team up scenes in all the movies it's and so funny I love Angela and Jody. I love Jody and Angela I was not to say um, and it's this is where the, it really shows Kevin Williamson likes to show his little horror movie references, and he's like, Angela Lansbury always has a plan. <laughs> and, yeah, and I love when Jodie Foster, like, Angela Lansbury always had a plan, but Jodie Foster yeah. did this. <laughs> she a serial killer answered the door, <laughs> and they meet who the probably the queen of movie jump scares. Um, Missy Egan, played by Anne Hesh. The late Anne uh, Hesh. Rest in peace. Rest um, and yeah, you could tell this is late 90s Anne Hesh, isn't it? Uh, yeah, she, she only had to film for like two days and come on and just be creepy, and she had a blast. Yeah, and she does a great job. Like, her, literally, her role should have just said Miss Jump Scare. Like, that's yeah. all it is. It's, she's Jump literally scare, there to be creepy. Minor red herring. Yeah, and why is it so funny seeing Sarah Michelle Gellar smoking in this? <laughs> I don't know because you have this weird fascination with seeing people smoke in movies now. Because um, like nobody does it anymore, but it's just really funny seeing Sarah Michelle Gellar, like young Sarah Michelle Gellar, just like being a little smoker as a teenager in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but the reason they, it's such a thing is like the new Batman movie. Colin Farrell playing the penguin who has always smoked a cigar for like 80 years. He was not allowed to have a cigar. And he was like, you know, can I just hold one and not have it lit? And they wouldn't let him. Like, that's how big of a taboo smoking is in movies now. <laughs> well, it kills people. Like, that I kills don't... people, Carl. Yep, exactly. Um, they also have him like actually murdering people in the movie, and that's okay. But <laughs> no smoking. <laughs> Most people can differentiate, um, but I agree. Yes, I think smoking is—it's not my thing. My grandmother died of lung cancer, um, but I teach their own. <laughs> yeah, it is a—it uh, is a horrible addiction. I yeah, we all know I'm a smoker. And I have had cancer, yep. so of all people who shouldn't be smoking, it's me, but it does I, pop out in the movies. <laughs> yep. 
Um, but yeah, so they say that their car has died and they need to call AAA and Missy is very, very, she's very nice. She's offers them tea and yeah, you can is tell answering she's, their questions. She's very lonely. Yeah. She's kind of by herself. She's kind of weird, but her mom is, the mom lives, in, is in a home now because she couldn't handle, um, her son David's death. And, uh, Jody and Angela, which they are the co-names that, uh, Julie and, uh, Helen give each other, um, are kind of questioning her. And she reveals that there was a man who came at, came within the last year and his name was Billy Blue. And he asked her questions about everything. And Julie, that we have a nice little jump scare with another rain I know, flicker. The trailer jump scare. <laughs> yep, with the rain flicker. And uh, Julie basically wigs out, as she puts it herself, and they go back to yes, the car. the late 90s was big on saying things wigged you out. Yep. Um, and they had forgot the, their smokes, so... Uh, Missy brings him to the car in another jump scare. In the most so aggressive way ever. She just runs up and slams her hands on the door. Yeah, hey. literally. Hey! <laughs> I'm just like, my God. Like, like she um, is doing the most. I love it. <laughs> yes, and she's like, car got started, huh? And they're like, damnedest thing. And she's like, yeah. yep, damnedest thing. And then just looks Funny after them while happens. they drive away. Julie drives Helen home. And they have a little conversation in the oh, car, and yes. Sarah Michelle Geller tells Julie, and, like, what happened to us? I miss you. We used oh. to be best friends. And she can always make me tear up with a good line read. I mean, I'm not and even going to go into it. And it's uh, so no, just... But we have to go into it, because... No, like, I meant, like, her making me cry with her line reads. Like, oh, we yeah, no. This, a... with this we can go into, but I, I won't like, forget. Oh, I won't you. forget. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, that's an angel reference if anyone gets that. Um, but people yeah, didn't so get that. They just didn't deserve One it. of the things about this movie, like, I love this movie, but I love the character of Helen so much. Um, I think she's more developed than Julie is, to be honest. Like, Helen two movies. Is... <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and, I mean, Helen is the beauty queen who is can be kind of bitchy but like you could tell she has a you know she has a heart and she goes to new york and she fails and she comes home and her sister is gloating over her and she's working in the family home and the family thing and she's she's a tragic character and she lost her best friend and her boyfriend in one fell swoop and is living with this horrible secret and she's just she's tragic can relate to most of that (laughs) yeah and Um, I mean she's just it's just so beautifully done and it's uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar just plays it so beautifully and her line honestly it's just so quiet and broken just like I miss you yep and And like like, when she just like, asked Julie, Helen is happened? the emotional center of the movie, and oh, honestly, her arc is 
her arc is better than Julie's, and it's what makes this movie so tragic. Well, Julie's the straight man protagonist. That's never going to be as fun. Well, she's also an asshole, which (laughs) neither here nor there. Um, Julie? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Julie just, she says, like, after Helen says that, she's just like, okay. And then basically just like she does not just say okay. She just says we used to be a lot of things. Yeah. And I think well, it is I every it is every bit as fair what she said to Helen as what she said to her old boyfriend. Like I just Well that's true, be- but like Ray wasn't pouring his heart out to her. Like Helen clearly is. Like you can hear it. Like just you because they're, just because she's pointing her heart out, you have to set boundaries, and you don't have to explain them to people. And maybe staying close friends with somebody you murdered someone with a long time ago, you just don't want to be friends with them anymore. I think it makes sense. It's heartbreaking and it's sad, but I fully get Julie's reasoning and Helen's. I see both sides of it, but I don't right. think Julie's being a bitch about it. It's well, just, I, just, it's just I don't sad. know. She it's doesn't. She doesn't have to be as caustic about it, in my opinion. She's very caustic about it. She's just like we used to be a lot of things. Like she could just be all like, she could have said the exact same thing she said to Ray, and just be all like, I don't but like. I I just you know like I understand we used to be a lot of things, but I don't want to know you like, and that would have hurt her, but it wouldn't have been like. As much as just we used to be a lot of things. I don't know. It's always it's maybe it's because I just love Helen so much. But like I, uh, I, I just I, I find it a little caustic. Like she doesn't <laughs> even look at her. She's literally just staring straight ahead. Well, like I mean, she, she can't look at her. It's her old best friend. It's very hard, but and it's really sad. And I think it reads more sad to us because of Sarah Michelle Gellar's performance in the moment. And it is really heartbreaking, but I don't see the scene itself as being any different for Julie as when she was talking to Ray. And it's probably very hard for her to talk about, and she just wants to be like, "We used to be a lot of things. Get the fuck out of my car! I like, I can't handle this right now because it's just you're you're triggering me." <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it's really sad. Well, and another thing is she doesn't. She says, we used to be a lot of things, and then Helen says, I miss you. And then she doesn't say anything. It's completely empty. I'm watching it right this minute. So, <laughs> uh, like, that's another reason why I find it a little too caustic. It's like, yeah, you're right. She is setting the boundaries. But she says, I miss you, and then she doesn't say a word. Or... She probably couldn't. And then just, and then Helen goes, yeah, well, and gets out of the car. Friendships change. It's... Yep. Which is why this is our last podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Aha, I get to do them by myself with the good guests. Yes. <laughs> and so, Ed... oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> no, uh, and then Helen goes in and starts to get ready uh, for bed by drinking uh, a third yes. of a cold Diet Coke. This I have movie no idea. is brought to you by Diet Coke. Yeah, like <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I wrote down. <laughs> also, I don't know why. I always think the dad is a drunk, but like, is there anything ever anything that says he's a drunk? 
Like, no, I, just, I feel like I the just, scene I don't is know. just the way the scene is framed and shown is like movie language for alcoholic absent father figure. Right. Okay. I'm just making sure I'm not just reading weird shit in. Um, but yeah, so Helen is drinking her Diet Coke, nineties. <laughs> um, and out of a glass that she just leaves there, which I will not lie, has bothered me every time I watch it. I don't even know why. She just leaves this glass and she leaves this can. And it's just sitting on the counter. And I'm like, why? That is so <laughs> funny that that bothers you. It bothers me more that she just like is drinking <sighs> Diet Coke because it's disgusting. <laughs> oh, I don't I like that I don't mind Diet Coke like it's not my favorite but like I, I just it's the fact that she leaves it there it just bothers me it's bothered me since the first time I watched this movie I was just like think put about your, the put your, think, put your glass away think about the day she's had you've never left a dish sitting out ever yeah in the sink or near the sink not just on a counter it was near a sink she was in the kitchen it was on the counter it's fine. It's like leave, it's like leaving it on your dining room table and being like, "This is close enough to the kitchen." Like, you're literally like, I don't know. It's it's more the can than the glass, but like the can. She just and also she pours like a third of this diet coke into the glass. It's Why product placement. Drink? It's probably Why did you just drink it out of the diet coke can? I don't know. It just bothers me. Um, but yeah, so, and the killer is walking through the house, walks upstairs, we do this great shot, this, where he's, like, turning a corner right as Helen turns a corner onto the stairs, and he hides in her closet, and Elsa comes in and is being a A jerk. A fucking again. Yep, asking, telling her she has to be there at the store at 10 a.m. for inventory. And, and she's like, um, like, actually, I have to be in the parade because I was the Croker Queen and fuck you because you're a cunt. And then she finishes off with, you in that hair. Like, okay, Bridget Wilson. You in your hair. <laughs> so pathetic. Actually, and... you're pathetic Bridget Wilson until you get married to you know until you get to change your name to Wilson Sampras and then I can't say anything bad about you because good for you oh I actually really like Bridget Wilson because I do too she was in, she's, she's in, just such uh, a She's such a jerk in this one. She's such a bitch. I know. Um, she's she's also a kind of a bitch in House on Haunted Hill. If you haven't seen that one, I have. Um, I'm not gonna admit some of the things I like her in, but I do and really like her. Mortal Kombat, which I do. Love I have Mortal not Kombat seen. Too. I have not seen the old Mortal Kombat. Oh, uh, she's actually a pretty good Sonya Blade. Um, but that's my thing. I love that director. But yes, in this movie, she is a straight up con. I'm sorry for yeah. using the C word to people that can't stand it. it I know it's some people's moist, which is, ugh, ugh, I hate saying that. But that's just how I feel about her in this. And um, Sarah Michelle Geller goes to sleep in a giant t shirt and the best legs of the 90s. And. I wish I could go to sleep like this. She just like tosses her stuff, has one pillow, and like lays down and goes into such a deep sleep that she does not wake up while the fisherman chops her hair off. 
like and puts the crown on her head. Wouldn't he wake up every time he see? See, that's what bothers me in this movie is that mm. Helen does not wake up while he does this. Like I could maybe see getting her hair cut and not waking up, but he literally puts the crown on her head, like. You well, but that? he like sets it like against her head, and then when she moves her head later, it pushes against her head. So he like he didn't put it on her; he just set it at the top of her head. Like I don't think it's on her, on her, because when she pulls it off, like it's not like attached into her hair. Oh, there's hair like, in it because when she pulls it off, there's like, well, there is. Hair. She's setting it on top, <laughs> like, but he's already cut it, so he just like cut her hair and then put it on top and then walked out. I know it's how this I is, took it. Uh, this is later, but I love that Julie says he made coleslaw on Helen's head. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so Helen wakes up the next morning, and her hair looks like her, her hair looks like shit. And on the window is written "soon" in pink lipstick, and Helen gives her an iconic scream. And oh, it's such an iconic scream. And scream. Smashes. Scream. <laughs> yeah. And, scream. and smashes the wind the mirror with her hand about three times. And I'm just yes. like, oof. And doesn't cut herself. Which... Yeah. I don't know how she did that, but that was awesome. The movie um, mirrors. Buffy. <laughs> um <laughs> and so Julie gets a call right after that, and she's driving her her nasty ass ugly hat is in the back (laughs) yep and she keeps hearing noises and finally stops the car opens the trunk and sees the dead body of max covered with like probably 20 crabs oh there's a lot of crabs one's like crawling out of his mouth it's really grody yeah like he's a this body double thing not body double but like Cast, the cast, you, the, cast the body cast is so lifelike, so good. It upset Jennifer Love Hewitt so badly. <laughs> yeah, Galecki it, had to like call her and be like, "It's okay, like, I'm fine." And fun fact: Did you notice? I only noticed this because I saw it when I was doing like research and stuff for this episode. Uh, when she shuts the trunk and runs away, the truck that drives past is the fisherman and that's how he got the body and everything. He was like <gasps> following her. Is and... that? I didn't even realize. Yeah. Then I Cuz that's the truck cause... he has later, isn't it? When he's Yeah, the... cuz you're usually focused on, you know, Julie running away and not just the random car driving by. But I had seen that and I was like, "Is it?" I was like, "I don't even remember a car being around. Like she's completely by herself." And I was watching and I was like, "Oh shit." So like she literally ran away and he was right there to be able to just but how did he get everything out and clean it in the time it took her to get back I wonder how you know, far did she park away from Helen's <laughs> you know fishermen probably are pretty good at getting stuff clean because that is a nasty job fish are gross Ugh. yeah they are you know what um, is yeah. not gross this cast because they are also pretty <laughs> they are so beautiful <laughs> Um, beautiful but likable. <laughs> um, but they end up so Helen Burson brings them back, and the body is gone now, and so are the crabs. Um, she probably got an ointment for that one. Uh, <laughs> I'd like and, an engine tune up and crab prevention, please. 
Yeah, and <laughs> this is when we have one of the Tough crowd. The, yeah, <laughs> it was funny. Ish. Um, just giving you an ish. Uh, but yeah, so Crowds they have this. Ish. <laughs> it was <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, but she... so now we have our iconic uh scene where Julie realizes, like, because they didn't go to the police, now they definitely can't go to the police. Oh, like, first has... of all, first of all, <laughs> Ryan Philippe is like, it's Ray, and um <laughs> so he goes and like clotheslines Ray for Well, no no no, that's before. It. This is before it is the iconic thing. Because they're walking back to the house after she's done the what are you waiting for when he beats up Ray. Oh yeah, Ray wasn't there He's, for that. Yeah, so he Yep. And so she's done her she's like we're stuck we have to figure this out i don't care what's like what are you what are you waiting for uh, what, what are, are you waiting, waiting for? for and then middle Which, of the street in the suburbs a, spinning around like yeah such a drama and, queen. like this was like 9 a.m like she's just yelling at the top of her lungs yeah <laughs> um and i just think it's scary movie when that teacher just like Fuck you! <laughs> <Just like> jumps <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> I was really Anna. sad that they didn't do their take of that in the <laughs> super awful but very entertaining Amazon series reprinted yeah. the summer. <laughs> yeah, there there should have been. Oh, that one was that was that was a show. Like um, yes, it was a show. <laughs> <laughs> And then that is when they're heading back to, I think it's Helen's house. And Ray is like, I've been looking everywhere for you guys. I got and a note. I got a note. <laughs> and <laughs> Barry's just like, uh, I get run over. Helen gets her hair chopped off and Julie gets a body in a trunk. Like, yeah, that you get a letter. That's balance. <laughs> but like when they first see it, when they, this is what I was starting to get into before I was like, yeah, hey, wrong part. So he, he just like closed him in the face. Because he's like, oh, it's totally him. And he tells him that he's going to pound his ass. And Ryan Philippe in the late 90s could pound my ass anytime he wanted. Or now. Um, <laughs> anyway. And Julie <laughs> makes what? We make family seen... entertainment here, sir. This is an explicit <laughs> podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> and... Uh, I found this line really interesting because they, again, have the conversation about, you know, should we go to the police or anything? And Julie says, I'm not interested in what's right anymore. I just want my life back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm Because like, she's, well, I mean, at this point, she's been, she's been psychologically tortured a little bit. Like, and anyone knows if you psychologically torture someone, their real, their real self will come out. Yeah, and I think that she is. I think in a lot of ways, she is a good person, but she's also she blossoms like, beautifully. She's done. 
Yeah, she's also I done. Love, also, uh, this I is when the low cut shirt. When they're just done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because now she's blossomed into a real person again. And like, it's pageant day. So Helen has to go to the pageant. Julie decides she's going to go back to Missy's and see if she can figure out who Billy Blue is. And Ryan's going to, Ryan Philippe is going to watch over Sarah Michelle Geller at the pageant. And well, first the parade, then the pageant. Yes. God, I can't forget the parade. And <laughs> Barry and is just Ray gonna, is yeah. Just what is Ray doing? Ray is, Ray is doing nothing. Ray is just Ray probably, about has to, Ray probably has to work because he's not rich like the rest. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> and so Julie goes back to Missy's. <laughs> oh, something I've noticed, um, and this is another spoiler, but uh, well, no, I won't get into. We we'll can, talk about it later. Okay. Um, what? Go ahead. So <laughs> Julie goes to Missy's and in haste again is just being super creepy, but like not really like she's she's being creepy, but she's really just cleaning fish and stuff and like has a knife and what are you doing? And she's like keeps questioning her and finally in haste is like, This is weird, uh, what do you want? And she's like, It's about your brother. He didn't he didn't kill himself or he didn't just die by accident. And she's like, I know, he killed himself. And she's just like, what? And she's, she's like, like, I have a note. What? I had to hide it from the insurance. And she comes out and it is a note like they had gotten. And she's just like, oh, this this isn't a suicide note. It's a threat. And uh, Missy in Hayes is just like, uh, what are you talking about? I want to hear it. And then says the line, get out of my house. And I'm like, you guys are standing outside. <laughs> <laughs> well my house it goes to the whole property thank you I know um, I just think it'd be funnier like she could have said get off my property or something but she's like get out of my house and I'm like you guys are get outside. off my lawn you honky bitch <laughs> what is that from I don't even know <laughs> um <laughs> I feel like that would have been a great use for that. <laughs> Get off my uh, lawn, you honky bitch. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, also, is it bad that I really love all of their clothes? Like, maybe not like the super baggy pants, but like everything they have them all wearing is just, I love it. Maybe I just am super nostalgic for the 90s, but. You're, you're so nostalgic because like these are so like not like all of Ralph clothes, Lauren. But, uh, I liked them in the nineties, and and I mean Jennifer you... Love You, and it's in those brown pants, and I'm just like, oof, brown nineties. And the, the the guys are like in those baggy pants and everything, and like Ryan Phillippe is in that like super comfy looking sweater that's probably from the Gap. <laughs> yeah, and but you know they're kind of dressed like real people, and I love Sarah Michelle Gellar's little parade and pageant dress and oh the green dress is stunning yeah and her buffy hair buffy season two thank you best season of the show (laughs) no i will not be taking questions (laughs) (laughs) this amazing haircut that morning <laughs> oh, are you kidding? She's the Clicker Queen. They probably she literally went anywhere. Just got her in. I just got mad this yeah. morning and just my I don't know how this happened to my hair, but can you fix it? <laughs> yeah. 
She probably just like I would have been all like, I have a sister. She's sparing me. She played a prank. <laughs> Blame it at Elsa. <laughs> yeah, I would. Um, but yeah, so Julie is at Missy's, and Missy's like uh, Missy reveals that like she had the note that was a threat, and uh, also while they're while Helen is at the parade. Barry chases and tackles that old man, and I always feel so funny with him because he looks so scared. He has the funniest look on his face. Though. He looks like he's having a heart attack, and I'm just like, "Good God, Barry, you're gonna murder another guy!" And he's just like, "Sorry," and goes away. And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't even think he says sorry. He just looks away." And I'm like, "That old man is like." Oh my god. But yeah, and then so And then Helen uh, sees the actual killer up on a roof brandishing the hook menacingly. Yes. And after after the realization that Julie has that the man the with the the threatening note, she realizes that the man they hit was not David Egan. No, it was uh, not. And so she drives back, which where in the hell are they? They're like, they're in the sticks. And then like, they almost, she made it seem like when they first talked about where David Egan was from, like it was from another town and it could have, I mean, it's in what South Carolina or something. It might've just taken a while to get places on those little roads and. And, and she, after she did that research on the internet, the internet was super slow, so that probably took all day. Yeah. Well, well, no. I mean, she gets back. She just, it seems like she's gone all day, and I'm like, my God, where did they go? But it not that it matters. Movie time. And I always I have wondered why she gets back so late in the movie as well. Yeah, because it's like it's probably nine. It's probably like nine ten a.m. by the time she's leaving. Um, and then unless she well, went I'm... with Helen to go get her hair cut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we're at the pageant and Helen is sitting on stage. Barry is up where they watched before up in the balcony. And this contestant <laughs> who, <laughs> oh, God, this contestant um singing fame the worst version of fame i think i've ever heard and (laughs) i and helen sees the fisherman is behind barry and she starts screaming and barry gets killed by the fisherman and nobody believes her and of course this is this part always has since i was a freaking child has driven me nuts that's like so mad listen it, to her like i like someone's it, getting I, killed up there okay let's all crowd around you and like not yeah and they're like all up. trying to stop they're stopping her they're literally keeping her from moving and she's like freaking out like somebody help her somebody help the this only poor girl thing that has like, made me more mad than that is when marjorie terrell dies in game of thrones because like they just wouldn't let her through uh, <laughs> like, she would she could have won. She could have won the Game of Thrones. I get that. Wouldn't. I get that. Like several blocks blew up. Like I don't know if she really could have escaped that. Uh, but she could have tried. Full explosion. But the fact that she just like 
couldn't get out of the room and she realized it just uh I can't get into that. Fucking yeah. Game, of, uh, Game of Thrones. Another time. Another time. Yeah, but that was that was a hell of an ending for her. That was Yes. I mean that was the uh, that's still one of my favorite moments of the show. I digress. It is. Um but <laughs> this cop goes up with her and this Mayberry asshole is oh, the oh, biggest dickhole cop. You little stick Mayberry ass reject is what she yes. calls him. <laughs> uh-huh. He is the biggest dickhole of a cop I've ever seen in a movie, I think. Or one of them, at least. Like, he is just like, he's making fun of her while she's, like, trying to tell him everything. And he's like, oh, so he used a hook to cut off all your hair. And she's like, no, he used scissors, asshole. And I'm like, God, how does she not strangle him to death? Because like, he's in the back I, of the cop car, and those are I not would have made. grabbed the back of his the back of his shirt and just pulled. Like, and <laughs> that's how you get a record, Sean. Because I don't know if you watched Piranha Three D, but if you touch an officer's uniform, that's assault. Ugh. Um, I have, but and then we get so the most, that. the most traumatic eight Ugh. minutes in movie history. This is eight minutes. It feels like eight years sometimes. I timed it. I wanted to know how long it was. <laughs> but yes, so the it's cop is taking minutes. her home. I started. After nobody. I started the time when she's in the cop car having the conversation. I was like, I'll start it there because that's really where like the scene starts that's building. Scene. Yes, yep. and then from there to this, the part is eight minutes. Yes. So uh, the the street has been blocked off from the parade and he's basically just like doesn't believe a word she says and he's like okay we're gonna have to take the alley because it's blocked off and they drive down the alley and there is a truck broke down in the truck in the middle of the alley and so the cop gets out to see if he needs help and helen realizes it's it's the fisherman and the that's cop gets, him. Yep, and she's screaming to him, and then the cop turns around and gets a f- gut full of the hook. And every time I'm just like, "Sounds you right." Yeah. <laughs> um, like I don't, normally, I'm just like, "Oh, poor cops." You know, they're just trying to do their job in a movie sometimes. Ugh. Um, but do this they? One, I feel like in movies, movie. they really don't try to do their job. I know that is a little... true. Maybe a little bit more than real life ones, but that's another right. topic as well. Yeah, but, but he is like he is such a douche in this movie. Um, but yeah, and then Helen breaks the window to get yeah, out. Yeah, because she's, she's the, then the trapped the in a cop car, which are you know they're made to not be getting out of. But thank good for heels, because yep. Well, I honestly I think you could use a, your any shoe, but um. She kicks it out, climbs out, and starts running. Oh, hold on. You know how she punched the mirror and broke it earlier and didn't get cut? She Mm -hmm. (laughs) falls out. She kicks out the car window, falls and lands on it with a bare bare knee into the glass and goes up running and also doesn't get cut because movies... (laughs) <laughs> well, no, so she actually pulls, and I, at least from what I remember, she puts her hands on the outside of it and then, like, slithers out a little bit and then jumps onto her feet. So I no, don't but think when she, no, act- when she lands on the ground outside of the cop car, she lands on one knee. 
Oh, does she? Okay. Yes, because I was just like, it was one of those things. I'm like, movie glass. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. like, um, you know, any sort of glass, else. like, that would slice you. Over You're getting right. cut. Yep. Yeah. But she runs, she's being chased and she runs to uh, her family's department store because she sees the lights are still on and realizes her sister is still there. Yeah, her super helpful and... sister loves her so much. Yes. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I feel like for most people, if you're being chased by a person who just murdered your boyfriend and a cop in front of you, like even your hated sister is going to help you. Like, hopefully. Um, but she, Elsa takes her sweet time to open the door and doesn't believe her for a second there when she's like, I'm being, because like, I'm being attacked. Believes women. Yes. And finally well she does she may not believe her but she does know something's going on because helen just yells helen yells just do what i say damn it and she ends up locking the door and then goes to lock the other door but sadly that was not in time and the killer is now behind elsa after she locks the door and he kills her yeah, yeah. He I takes do come back for her there a little bit. Like she's just kind of, she may have been a jerk. I don't movie, feel bad but... for her. She had moved a little faster. She could have gotten door locked and saved Sarah Michelle Geller. So I don't forgive her. I'm glad she got her throat ripped out by the killer. Bye, Elsa. But the <laughs> Helen hears her scream and she's just so she puts down the phone. Yes, which is wrong move, technically, number one. Um, and she, the music cuts out, the lights turn out, and all these mannequins had been covered in plastic. And <laughs> I also think that's really funny that he took the time to hide under. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, that, I just love that, because she didn't even hear any of that. <laughs> he's, so, he's so dramatic. He's like, oh, this will be so scary. Yeah, exactly. I, I was like, he would make a great horror director. But um, it, I also think it's so, like, when she goes out and she's just like, Elsa? Like, mm-hmm. oh, ugh. it's so sad. Like, she sounds uh, just like a little girl. It is so, oh. And he attacks her when she realizes that he's under one of the, under the tarps. Yeah, he um, just whooshes she... out at her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such a great movie moment. And it's another moment from the uh, from the trailers, I remember. Yeah, I think it's um, the ending shot from the trailer. And Oh, no. It had that, and then it was like, I know what you did last summer. And then it had yep. the little sting of her turning around <gasps> when she saw that. Yep. <laughs> Yep, and it was a really good and, trailer, guys. <laughs> oh, oh God, that was such a great trailer. Uh, but she's running. She discovers Elsa's dead body is in the bathroom, and she is trapped by a. She gives door. another epic movie scream. Yes, and uh. so she is now running, or now she's trapped. So she decides she's trapped because the door is closed. There's nowhere else to go. So she gets on a dumbwaiter and starts to go up. And he starts slashing at her through the door, like through the little opening because she hasn't raised it fast enough. Gets upstairs. He walks very fast up the stairs and corners her there. 
She opens a window, climbs out, and jumps onto the pile of trash when he tries to hook her. Yep. And, and... she she starts running again. And we cut for a second to Julie to show that she's looking around for Helen. And, like, the pageant place is empty, and clearly she's just too late. And uh, Oh, also, another thing we forgot to mention, Julie has been all in this time. She also went home. And on the internet, looked up that Susie Willis, or Susie Willis, who was David Egan's girlfriend, who died two years before, mm-hmm. on the same hill where they thought they killed David Egan. Yes, was, a very dangerous stretch of road. Yes, her father. She had a father named Ben Willis, who was a fisherman. Yes, and then we see Helen finally running to what freedom she's almost there like the parade she's is there, there. People are running. And, and she stops the and fire looks back go off and she stops for a second and looks back and turns around to head back and he's there and Helen's such a tragic figure uh her arc is better than Julie's and it really is what makes her She's she's more than the standard horror movie fair. She's more than just like a horror movie, you know, like woman who just gets killed for no for for fun. Or she's she's the emotional center of the movie. Sure, it's why her her chase scene is more iconic than Julie's. Um, does although Julie, Julie really have a chase scene? <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, she oh, really yeah. does. I mean, I guess you can call it the, through the boat. And, yeah. yeah, like, and even that one, it is really, like, and I was reevaluating it today while I was watching, and I was like, oh, wow, Julie really does have a pretty good horror. Like, she does a pretty good <laughs> run around the boat. I just don't understand my way around boat, so it just doesn't make any sense to me, but. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I feel like she has no idea how to, how to, how a boat works either so i feel uh, like she, i think she does i mean she grew up on a in a fishing town i th- yeah but she and, wouldn't her her dad was already passed away i feel like her mom has never set foot on a fishing boat i don't yeah think but like they were all rich i feel like she would have been out on friends boats and i feel like oh so if julie was that smart she would have just jumped off the edge of the boat and just swam to shore uh, looks really um, toffee. and another fun fact about that i know we still haven't finished talking about helen's death but they Sorry. actually almost <laughs> lost that boat because <laughs> the conditions were so choppy. Um, so yeah. maybe she shouldn't have just jumped in because I thought about that too. I'm like, why didn't she just jump in and swim? But I'm like, that's a really good way to drown. Even though she's not yeah. wearing that much, she is wearing jean because it's 90s and that'll just drag you right to the bottom. Right. But anyway, um, Helen's yeah, so- death. It's so horrible. It is so violent. He is throwing her back and forth. She is putting up such a good fight. And it is by far the most violent death in the movie, even though it doesn't show anything. But like that overhead shot, she looks so small. And just she went through so much. And again, it's like an eight-minute long scene from... You just aren't expecting her to go through all this and not survive. It just almost goes against the rules <laughs> yeah like horror movies like she she should and i'll i won't lie it it i i can never decide 
like every time I watch this, I'm like, I, I always hope that the Mandela effect will just be all like, we're going to change something for good. <laughs> maybe she'll, <laughs> like, maybe she'll, she'll survive, survive this time. <laughs> yeah. And but then I feel like if she did, this movie wouldn't hit as hard. It wouldn't because, be as good. Yeah. And because her death is extremely tragic and it's just, it, it really does. It solidifies her as like such a tragic figure. Like she's up there with, I don't know. I, I just, I love the character of Helen. I think she's like such a tragic figure. She said, I know I've said that like 25 times. I know. But... I'm like, <laughs> take a shot every time Sean's a tragic figure. <laughs> she is. Um... She is. It's sad. And I feel like, I don't know if it's the character of Helen or just because it's Sarah Michelle Geller. It's a little, I think it's a bit of both because, like, I don't think, I wonder if she would be as iconic if she was played by someone else. But, like, I don't think so. She's just, she's played so brilliantly by Sarah Michelle. Like, she is, like, she's sweet and she's not the smartest person, but she does have a brain. Like, she's not an idiot. Like, she's, oh, like, she feels like the most real human character. She survives for, like, the longest chase scene ever. Yeah, like, it's awesome, and she... And heels. Yeah. And she is just... I I just love the character. I think she's... In my opinion, I like her more than Julie, and they focused on the wrong character. But then again, Julie is the one that, like, morally, she really is... I get where she's the moral center of the movie, because she is the one that wanted to go to the police in the first place. And so also one thing I noticed is that the two who pushed or were going to push Ben into the water, um, they are the ones that die. Uh-huh. And Sarah Michelle Geller is the one who actually does do the pushing. Well, so. no, he grabs her crown and then he she gets caught. She was going to push him. He grabs her crown and then oh, yeah, they go to help like, him and then I'll he and yeah, yeah, and then he, Ray and Ray and Barry do it. But, so that's the end of, that's the end of Helen. And we're go back to Julie James, who is trying to find Helen and Barry. And she finally finds Barry. <laughs> well, she's no, searching. she finds, she's looking, she's looking for Helen and Barry and she's look. she ends up to at the docks and she goes to find Ray. Um, and oh yeah, I, I mix their names up. Barry Way. Yep. That's why I was like, hang on. <laughs> yeah. um, and she finds Ray. He's like, she's like, uh, David Egan wasn't the man we hit. Like he was being threatened. I think it's the man we hit was Ben Willis, who was Susie, his fiance's dad. And when Susie died, he couldn't. He blamed him for it. Um and. Ray's like, okay, we'll find them. Come aboard, and then we'll we'll go find them. And she Julie sees the name of his boat, and it's is Billy Blue. Billy Blue. And she's like, oh no, you're the yeah. one who visited Missy. And she you're goes, the you're the fisherman. you're the fisherman. And she runs away from him, screaming, somebody help me. And Ray's chasing after her, like, gets wait, I can explain. Again. And get clotheslined by a f- nice fisherman who yes. tells Julie to get on his boat 
And when she gets on his boat, she notices there are pictures of her on the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there are um, a lot of set photos in this boat of them, including photos of that day. Which, yeah, which means he went in between all of this. I he had to was, go in. <laughs> I think it was horror queers. They're like, what did like, you know, spoilers for I still know he did last summer. Was his son a photography like major or something? Yeah. Ran around photographing and developing these pictures because, like, yeah, one of the pictures is literally like Helen on the float earlier that day. Yeah, and well, there's one of like, them when they're all standing at the when they're at the car, like they're yeah. literally it's like, straight up publicity photo. <laughs> yeah, like whoever did this, like he is good, um, <laughs> but. So the one part Julie, Julie didn't find it. The one place Julie didn't find in his boat was a secret little photography lab. <laughs> yeah, there's a dark room in another part of the boat. Um, <laughs> but he, she realizes this is Ben Willis, and now we have our killer reveal. Um, which I'm not gonna lie, a lot of my friends get a little confused on this. Um, which seriously, I, I. I I never said I like I, it's not all of them but every once in a while you'll get people who are just like wait a minute and it takes them a second because it it's it is very much a it's a smarter killer reveal but it is kind of convoluted at the same time because they spend the whole time going David Egan David Egan David Egan and then at the last second they change it to Ben Willis which I get it like sometimes people don't if you're not paying super close attention it well, people that don't pay feel. attention to movies just shouldn't watch movies. That was Ouch. a little, that was a little gatekeepy and yeah, uh, gatekeeper. <laughs> but Jeez. I mean, why and why watch a story if you're not even gonna like pay attention to it? Well, I mean, but some people aren't always paying attention to every little beat, and this one I feel like you don't take... have to watch every beat, and you can still understand anyway. You did last summer. <laughs> well yeah and i mean but i mean it some people don't always connect the threads you know what i mean like correctly um uh, i, I will it, just it, say I'm, I'm glad they're your friends and not mine <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, i i mean they were we were younger anyway like 13 14 um so the unwit <laughs> the fallacy of youth uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean that it does. It, sometimes it can be a little convoluted on that one. But yeah. So we realize it's Ben Willis who I disagree, murdered. But it's fine. <laughs> it's slightly convoluted. Um, it's they. Uh, we Ben Willis who murdered David Egan, and then they hit him with his car, and he was not dead when they threw him in the water and then julie's chasing starts and she is running around this boat ray wakes up sees that the boat is heading out to sea and he runs at he get takes a little dinghy to go or a speed boat to go get her and julie's speed boat (laughs) whatever raft whatever the frick (laughs) um i don't speak steven um uh that sounded gross um i don't know (laughs) what you were saying but i was just like okay (laughs) 
like CSEA men, oh, um, like people on mm. ships in the sea. See, oh, gotcha, um, gotcha. yeah, I thought up. you said ste- uh, like steaming. I didn't know, it was just like, I don't know what you're saying, but okay. And I do think you speak semen, actually. Liar! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rude. Um, but yeah, so she is running around the boat, like, not a, like, in, it's actually not, it's not a bad one. Like, it, uh, when I was rewatching this one today, I always think it's kind of, like, lackluster, because especially after Helen, but I tried to watch it with fresh eyes, and I actually enjoy her chase. It's it's done pretty well. Um, she... Especially considering it's on, like, the bow. A boat. Like, yeah. It's on a boot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she are there running around his boat, the sweet Susie. <laughs> um, and Ray managed to get back on and Julie has managed to evade capture or death by this point. And Ray and the fishermen are fighting. And okay. this is the Why dumbest thing. Does Julie scream she, Ray? Scream Ray. And then he distracts me. Yeah, every time I watch it, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why would you scream his name? Like, and then it knocks it. In. So he gets distracted and the fisherman punches him off the boat. Mm-hmm. And Julie heads back into the bottle of the ship and re- realizes she's backed herself into a corner. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and now is when she really goes through the bowels of the ship. Yes. So, we can so have she's in the bilge, the and, which I believe. of finding all the bodies. Yep, so she's in the, I believe it's the bilge, and ends up in the storage hold with a bunch of ice, and is trying to push the ice towards the door so it's harder to open. Oh, and they get least, her all wet so she can be in a wet t-shirt, and a door is stuck, so she takes oh, off no, no, her waters. No. Yeah, I was gonna say, she's only wet from the knee down, but, like, she does, in order to open the door to the storage thing, she has to take off her over, her little overshirt. So, so she's, she's just wearing a very tiny tank top. And, and do you know why she doesn't get wet from all this ice? Why? Because it's not real ice. It was made of gelatin. And oh, of course it was. That's why it was so I, shiny. <laughs> I thought it was a weird thing because I was like, I wonder what that was. And I saw that in the production notes and I didn't even add it. I was just like, I'm just going to look because I was like, that's weird. I don't know if that's true. Like, I could see it. But I'm like, that doesn't seem like a practical thing for that scene. And I was watching it in different times when she was like moving and stuff. You can kind of see the ice jiggle a little bit. <laughs> I was like, it is. It is gelatin. <laughs> yep. And so she discovers when she's pulling the ice and quotation marks down, she discovers Helen's dead body and it makes her scream. And she, she backs backwards. up <laughs> and accidentally puts her hand on Barry's face and yes. discovers his body too. Also, the um, body cast for Helen and Barry are not nearly as good as Johnny Galakis. Yeah, I was going to say the, the the one for Barry is better than the Helen one. Yeah, because you don't see the Barry one very much, but the Helen one, I'm just like, that's not a real body. <laughs> yeah, no, that one's not great. Um, you just see it for but, a second though, so I'll allow it. 
she screams and Ray, who was knocked off the boat, managed to climb back up the uh, fishing net onto oh, the boat. Good old Ray. Yeah, thanks, Ray. Um, and he's a wrecker, Ray. And a wrecker, Ray. And ends up uh, back on the boat. Julie's trying to run, so the killer takes the opposite approach, goes around to where she's coming out at, and he opens the hold, and she screams her iconic scream. Yes. And... Also, I just have to ask you, is it just me, or is the hook so much less menacing without, like, the slicker and hat? It's slightly <laughs> like, less menacing. Just seeing this, like, regular man just hearing this hook is just doesn't have the same effect. Yeah, it's st- it's still threatening, but it's not as threatening. Like the, I don't know, the slicker kind of puts you in like a, yeah, it, it's almost like a visage of death. Yeah. Um. So he opens the hole, sees Julie there. She screams. Ray iconic throws scream. the yes, iconic scream, and then Ray th- uncouples this like metal coupling and throws it at. Ben Willis's face, and it hits him in the face and knocks him out and knocks him down. Ray goes he's down. He's not and gushing you... blood as he should from a yeah, giant like metal. He, <laughs> he definitely should look like the chef from The Little Mermaid when he gets hit with the mask. But yes, tons uh, of teeth. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. But whatever. And he ends up. Uh, he wakes up. He punches Ray in the face. Julie tries to escape again. But not this time. And then he goes for the one of the some iconic killer line of "Happy Fourth of July, Julie." And, and the amazing advice: when you leave a man for dead, make sure he's really dead. And yep, and it raises the hook, which gets caught on another like rope, like piece of rope. And Ray unlike, has the werewolf. Ju- because unlike us and Julie, Ray knows his way about a around a boat because he's a fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's a fisherman. Uh, he's he's a wrecker, Ray. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you writer. <laughs> what? Whoa, that was a weird one. That Sorry. came out of nowhere. <laughs> Closer is always. Somewhere Gosh. deep in you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Ray ends up using this winch, which brings with uh, the hook and the Ben Willis's hand get caught in it, and it brings him all the way up to um, to the pulley, and it cuts off Ben Willis's hand, but he's still trapped in there because it's wrapped around his arm, and yeah. he ends up falling, and ends up being launched into the sea by yep. by the rope and then we cut to the police and <laughs> we get a little bit more exposition from Julie saying um, oh, this is so stupid don't even go into it <laughs> she's just saying I'm just like, oh. uh, Ben Willis killed David Egan we did nothing wrong, really. What gets the line that made me like Ugh, is when she's just like, "I understand your pain," and nestles into him, and I'm just like, "Oh, how did you say that line with a straight face? That's so gross." 
And then the cops are like, do you have any nurse? Do you kids know any reason why this man would want you dead? And they're like, no. No. <laughs> and cut to a year later, and Julia's walking around on her immensely huge cell phone talking to Ray. <laughs> she looks more alive, so it has a tan still. Hair's a little bit different. Hair's still pretty. And she gets a note from Deb, who we don't get to see, which is sad. Um, yeah, but first they're like, hey, this came in the mail for you. And she's like, <gasps> and, and slowly goes to it and opens. She it opens just says her name in the block letters. And, and and a fraternity is inviting her to a pool party. After <laughs> party at rest, take my name. <laughs> <laughs> See you there, Bucky. <laughs> and, and she's just like, uh, silly me. And yep. goes back into the shower that she has turned on. And that is a lot of steam. I wish my shower was yeah. that epic. And on one of the one of the shower doors is written i still know and dot 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 and she's looking all scared well no there's no dot 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 it's just i still know <laughs> oh no the and, dot 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 was mine <laughs> oh and dot 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 <laughs> um honey honey how he thrills me ha ha honey honey dot 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 uh, it's what they did in the olden days <laughs> yes I don't even like that movie. Um, <laughs> I do. I know you do. Uh, I, we'll go into that later. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> and then you hear the metal ting, which I never realized. I I didn't realize the sound was the sound of the. It's the, the little. It's the little thingy. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know why it never popped for me until this until this watch, but. It'll it, pop for it, you a lot when you watch it on 4K and have that awesome Atmos surround sound. Yes. And then he, the fisherman bursts through the window and we go to credits. And that's the movie. Na, 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 na. Because we get Coolish Eggers Hush again. We get the yes. full song this time and it's amazing. And I did watch the entire credits because I wanted to hear it. <laughs> and, um, and that's the movie. So what are your final thoughts? I know uh, I love it. <laughs> I love this movie. It's so much fun. Um, I like I said, I adore the character of Helen, and I actually like Julie more this watch than I usually do. Um, I find Julie to be quite milk toast, to be honest, most of the time. Um, it, it, it's just great. Like it's a like you said, it's kind of a nice gateway horror, but it's still really done so well and i like kelvin williams script it's it's a lot more thoughtful and better than it has to be for a yeah. slasher from the 90s it, it really is try it and you could tell that jim gillespie was trying to make something that was it, it's still a horror movie and it's still a teen slasher but it's also beautifully shot and it's well acted and it makes you care for the people before they die, except for that cop because he was a dick. Yeah, and you just like there. It's so it's, sad that Jim Gillespie basically has done nothing since this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just it's really sad because he is a very talented director, and I wish, I honestly wish he was in more or he did more. I mean, I'm really curious what it would be like if he had directed the sequel. 
Although I don't know if any what could have saved that. I mean, I'm I'm fond of it, but anyway, that's neither here nor um, there. That, I will make us cover that, that at some point. But yeah, that one's anyway. good in a stupid way, and yeah, also it's so stupid, fun. <laughs> ben Wilson. <laughs> oh God! Or, I mean, don't I, even I start. So, well, Benson. Um, yeah, it's like <laughs> so. We both like it. It's good. It's deeper than it should be. It's fun. It's a nice gateway horror, but it also like it does earn its R rating barely. Uh, what star rating would you give this? Oh, uh, this one's a five. Oh, it's totally 100%. a five for me too. It's a I don't. Five. I don't know if it like actually is a. It's not worth a five. It's not worth a five. If 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 I was being if I'm being critical, I would I would honestly. It'd be between a three point, probably like five and a four, if I'm being critical enough. Um, probably more towards four. And to uh, my own special relationship with this, this is always going to be a five star film, and I will never apologize yeah. for that. Uh, um, so... I also, like I said, I think it's it's a lot deeper than I like you said. I mean, it's a lot deeper than it needs to be. Um, it's so well done. I, it's a lot better than it has I, to be. Like, yeah, like I would not give it lower than probably a three point five or a four. Um, but in my heart, it's a five. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what it's. That's my rating on Letterbox. Five stars. Uh, so this was made on a seventeen million dollar budget, which for that time for a horror movie, that's not a that's a pretty decent mid mid budget movie. Like. Mm-hmm. 17 million budget and made 16 million dollars opening weekend, 73 million domestic and 126 million worldwide, which is why they were like, let's pump a sequel out in less than a year. Um, but yeah, it did quite well. Uh, what do you think this is on Letterboxd? Oh, that's gonna be a hard one. Uh, let's go with 3.1. You are very close. It is, oh, this hurts me to say, it is a 2.9. Ooh, I was thinking it might be in the twos, but uh, yeah. let's be let's be honest. If we, we if it didn't if it didn't play a seminal role in our lives, um, it may it may not be as fondly looked at by everyone else. <laughs> um, That's true, but I mean, like I know what you did last summer is still iconic. I think it deserves at least a three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but a lot. Of, I wonder how many people. Oh, pardon me. Um, I really feel like, especially in the last few years, um, it's getting kind of like critically reappraised a bit. It's also like, I think a lot of people are reappreciating the character of Helen and like her iconic running scene or her chase scene. Oh, and I, I think, think people have always appreciated that. I just oh, I, like... they have, but I feel like it's getting a, like a cultural resurgence for a little bit. And Letterboxd is always like the film buffs, and they might not appreciate I Know What You Did Last Summer as much as, you know, horror fans or people that grew up in the 90s. You know, it just, a lot of things go into that, but still, that 2.9 hurts a little bit. Yeah, just a uh, Anything you want to leave them with before I cover our socials and maybe what we're doing next week? Uh yeah no I, other than I love this movie totally watch it if you have never seen this movie you probably shouldn't have listened to this part <laughs> um, yeah it's but so, also go watch it <laughs> like, it's so good like 
it is and a great flash of the If day. you do love this movie and have it, it is 100% upgrading to that 4K. Like, 100%. It's worth your money. Which is definitely why I bought it. <laughs> yeah, I like, I bought it. It's And, at least digitally, they have the whole set i won't even mention the third one but they had the whole set on 4k with dolby vision so to save money don't even mention the third one to save money i bought the trilogy because it was five dollars cheaper than buying i know what you did last summer and i still know what you did last summer and upgrading them individually i don't even know I I i still don't know i don't know if i can own that movie uh, it is uh, legitimately probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Other I than struggled nope, a lot, the cabin but I was even. just like, money's tight. I'll save that five dollars because I was. Like, <laughs> I had also just bought bodies, 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 and so that was already like I spent like fifty bucks on booty. Just like, <laughs> uh, so that is why I now own. I'll always know what you did last time, <laughs> and I will never watch it <laughs> again. <sighs> We, and we uh, highly suggest you don't either, yes, unless you want to watch a horrible snooze fest. Yes, I know what you did last summer. Great, I still know what you did last summer. It's super stupid, but it's it's fun. I like it, and I'll always know what you did last summer. It was a straight to video, most boring. It's just, ugh, I'm not even going to waste any breath talking about it. But uh, if you want to find us on our socials. <laughs> We are together on Twitter at Triple M Pod, capital T, three capital M's, capital P. I am at just happy to see you, number two, letter C, letter U. Sean is at Smurf013, S M U R P H 013. We are on Letterboxd. I am at just happy to see you, just the same as Twitter, number two, letter C, letter U. Sean is at Murph the Smurf, M-U-R-P-H-T-H-E-S-M-U-R-P-H. We have a Facebook page, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies. We are on Instagram at Triple M Pod, which is just like the Twitter account. Triple three M's pod. Our email is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com. If you wanna send us some requests or something longer or you know, whatever. Also please send us requests. Tell us what you like, don't like, engage. It'll be fun. I'm dying for it. And uh, he really is. What, <laughs> I am. I really am. I'm so excited. Uh, what are we covering next week, Sean? Ooh, so this one is my pick. And it's one I know you haven't seen because you don't like 80s horror. I like some 80s horror. You did. You're, you're, you're probably not going to like this one that much. But oh, I. I <laughs> I love. I like this movie. It's a super fun little uh, supernatural slasher, um, Night of the Demons, and we're watching the original version, um, not the remake because I can't handle any Monica Kina right now. And <laughs> no offense, Monica Kina, uh, or or Edward Furlong. Um, and so I'm just laughing politely because I know nothing about this. um yeah so this one's gonna be it's it's stupid but fun and it's so it's set on halloween and since this next week we're gonna be right real into spooky spooky season we're definitely need to watch it our october month is stacked 
maybe except for this one. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I can't. I can't say. <laughs> but I, wanted, I feel we've been watching. A, we've been watching a lot of fun movies. I wanted something fun and stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, but at least I can cross it off of my list of iconic movies I haven't seen. But yeah. That's what we're covering next week. And please don't forget to leave a five-star only rate and (laughs) review. It would really help. Like, literally, it really helps a lot. Anyway, bye. See you next week. Bye, everybody.